So welcome back folks to episode four of the What Is She Up To Now podcast with me, Laura McKechnie. Um, right at the start of our first episode, we did say that um, it would be myself and William sometimes and this is one of those episodes. Um, so William recently has been in India, in fact, in September. Um, so he is going to chat to us today a little bit about India and why he was there and how he found it. Um, so yeah, let's go. First up, sorry for the wind noise. Yeah, it's quite windy. It's the door. We're in the multi-purpose warehouse again. <laughs> if you watched episode one, we were in here. Episode oh, two, one. you were in here as well, actually. Two with Anne, yes, we were in here. So, well, India. Why were you in India, first of all? Aye, so first of all, I was in a very privileged position of being able to go for a start. And think it was only possible because... You were here to look after stuff when I wasn't. So, from that point of view, very privileged to be able to go there for a start. But we were there. That noise is annoying me, so hopefully it's not annoying the listeners. Um, we were there to visit, or I was there to visit, a attachment manufacturing, keep calling it a facility. It was a factory. We have done a little bit of work with them, and we'd ordered one of our attachments, or log-splitting cones, from them, um, they are manufacturing them for us now. So it was ten, kind of to go over there, see that, meet the folks in general, see their place, see what else they could do. Basically, aye, that whole, all of that really. Um, I have been out the UK, I've been in plenty of places, but I've never been to India and I've never been to that part of the world. So where, that was all new. We're in India, where you exactly? Bangalore. Which is... Don't ask me much more than that. No, I was in the south, and that's as... Uh-huh. I could just do a point out the map, but it's way south. It's the opposite end of the country from Delhi and New Delhi. Okay. And William's saying that the opposite... Now, I'm not entirely sure where New Delhi or Delhi was either until... In the north. Um, our neighbour, an actual local minister, Harrison, he is from Delhi. That's correct, isn't it? New Delhi. New Delhi. Um so he gave William a little bit of an insight before he went. But they are in different... They speak different languages, you were told, weren't they? So, yeah, I mean, I assume they spoke different language to us. I mean, yeah, they do speak English, to be fair. But there's also, like... I could be talking nonsense, but there could be... I'm sure I heard six, like, different dialects and then different terminologies and slang and stuff within that. But, yeah, a bunch of different languages... Even different languages, as I say, from the north to the south and east to the west. Mm-hmm. And then depending on your background and stuff, um, kind of what you speak. Uh-huh. Um, so in Bangalore, how did you... Before we get in, into the, the crux of like actually why you were there and what you were seeing and things there, um, I just would like to know a little bit about what is, what is Bangalore like? Because obviously any knowledge I have is just obviously off anything that I've seen on the internet or what's portrayed in the media of sort of India. How did you find it? What is it like? Part of it's like you see in the telly. So I got there not really knowing what I was in for, to be honest, I'd mm-hmm. never been. So a flight for here, Edinburgh to Heathrow, Heathrow direct to Bangalore International. That was fine, uneventful. Actually, one of the better long-haul flights I've been on, all things considered. Um, fairly uneventful. Got there... Knew somebody was picking me up, and that was a bit the height of what I knew. So, for somebody like you that likes to know what's going on and what's planned, that would have been anxiety central. But William says this. 
I'm fairly laid back when you're <laughs> dealing with all that situation at the airport and stuff. But it's just things that when you've not got control over and need to make sure that that's all like what's happening there. And any other time, fairly easy. Oh, well, I never easy, had control over this. So, got there. I can't remember the timings. Left. It was early. Thursday afternoon. No, it was a Wednesday. Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday morning. Well, left here early. Left here through Wednesday afternoon, yeah. I think. Got there early. Early doors on the Thursday morning. I think in the airport at 5 a.m., something like that. Met the cab driver outside. Oh, well, first, first got to Bangalore International, got through all the passport stuff and that. That was easy enough. Got out through the terminal. Beautiful. I later learned it was brand new, so hardly surprising, but very, very nice. Met the cab driver, no problem. He's taken me to the hotel, and it was like a lovely big three lanes per side motorway, nicely manicured, hedges, trees, bushes, all the rest of it. You could have been in a number of places north for about three miles. And then it just turned to barely tarmac. Um, shops, open front shops, just right on the side of the street. It's just a completely different world. Uh-huh. It's just so, so, so busy. First people, of all, can I rewind, rewind back to the airport? Did the cab driver have like one of those little signs? No, he never a sign. <laughs> so if you're watching that. this, can I get a sign for next time, please? <laughs> uh, hey, no, he wasn't, even in, he wasn't even in the terminal, which was... Right, okay. To be fair, it was like it was all arranged by the factory, and it was it wasn't a problem. It was excellent, but it wasn't in the terminal. We had to go outside, and he was messaging and stuff. But aye, it was okay. Mm-hmm. But I had no signs, which oh, I see. <laughs> Some of them are fancy. They have like it's what, like tablets, like iPads. Ah, uh, no. there was, but man, not my driver. No, no driver. No. So you have made it obviously at the airport, um, and it's totally ch- like the the road has changed. Now you'd already told me before that there was like. Holes the size of like cars that you could have fell into. Yeah, the roads were not great. Majority of the roads are not great. There's street dogs everywhere. There's people everywhere. There was the odd cow in the side of the road. For what you see on the telly, that sort of stuff is what it was like. And Bangalore is not, as I later learned, a sort of fancy show off city, maybe in the way that New Delhi. Or places like that are like kind of up in the north where the Taj Mahal and stuff is. It's just not like that at all. There's some lovely, lovely big buildings, and the Saturday we went to see some, but it's just not really. Uh, it's not big and show offy. It's busy, but it is like a fairly affluent parts of the city. Um, it's quite a big tech city. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of tech companies. So there is some really nice bits and mm-hmm. some really nice big buildings and stuff, but just so busy. So many people. So many vehicles. So many animals. Yeah. But the animals you were saying about the stray dogs, so William had sent me, obviously, when he was away, some pictures and some videos. All the stray dogs were all the same. They weren't, I like... I guess it's some sort of... Breed? Street dog <laughs> breed. Yeah. I don't really know, to be honest. But they, they all, all look... Fa- they are all fairly similar. So, yeah, obviously, there's street dogs you were saying, and then the cows. I think you did send me one with a, a cow. Cows. And then... The cows are street dogs, to be fair. Yeah. Chickens. Oh, chickens, too. I caged ones. Load of street food, lot of street food. Um, the official advice was do not eat street food. Do not eat the street food and do not drink the tap water. So, yeah, were you, where you stayed was all really nice. Where I stayed was lovely. So that was also organised by the factory. Mm-hmm. And it was it was beautiful, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, a resort in the middle of Bangalore. And again, could have been 
a multitude of places in the world. Um, we've obviously been to Florida a bunch of times, and it was a lot like that. It was like a resort. It was palm tree lined. I was at the hotel in the back. There was a bunch of houses and stuff in the front. But it was lovely. It was very, very nice, actually. Very nice. Again, that was like a different world as well, to be honest. Uh-huh. And that was kind of the main... As much as it was busy, and it was so many people, so many horns blasting everywhere, the, the difference, I think, was the just the sheer contrast of what it was like either in the hotel and out in the street or in the airport and out in the street or in something like the big shopping mall we went to and then like out in the street where the locals were, just the contrast and uh-huh. the living and the people and everything was, I think, kind of the fascinating bit. And you said, so Natasha's our contact with the factory and William will go on to sort of talk about that. Um, he took you out on the Saturday Aye, for so some we went, sightseeing, so where did you go there? We went to the Bangalore Palace. I'm have to fact check the places, but I think that was the first I place think we went what, to. Yeah, because which, you, I'm going to not talk over the top of you. Uh, yeah, because you sent a, a photograph then, it was lovely. And I was like, it looks like one's our castle. Uh, because it's now, I don't know my time frames, but it is left from British rule, hence why it looks fairly British. Yeah. That was that was cool. We went to the court building. We went to the Parliament building. We just kind of went a wee tour of the tour of the city. We went to the UB City Mall, which is a big new like high end designer brand mall, shopping mall. That's pretty cool. Got lunch there. Did you buy uh, anything there? I did not buy. Didn't get <laughs> a shop there. And then we went to just a kind of I don't know what you would call it. Just a street with shops on it. Sort of play, more place the locals would go. Did buy something there. Um, so, right, Saturday was cool. That was, we'd obviously been to two days at the factory before that. And then we just went a wee bit of sightseeing on the Saturday before I left on the Sunday morning. Sounds good. So, let's get down to why you were in India. So, mm. you were at the factory. Um, what is the connection with, well, ourselves? If you let everybody know what our connection is with there in the factory. Yeah, so... I don't actually remember, but we'll try to remind this when I was there, how the first contact was made of having a contact there and even try to do any business there. But fast forward closer to when I was going, we had got them to design and start manufacturing our log splitting cones, which for anybody watching that's not okay with attachments and what we do is an attachment you put underneath one of our other attachments, um, no, you won't be able to see in the video, but there's boxes of them behind me. Basically, you attach that to an excavator, you put this big cone-shaped bit of metal in the bottom, and that lets you split up logs with it, big bits of timber. A lot of it used for if you have big, like, whole trees. Maybe people want to make firewood with it, can't put it through their firewood processor, so they split it up with the excavator first, and then they can process it into logs for your fire. So they had... By the time I got there, they had already started manufacturing them. We'd already ordered some for here and some for the US. And that was actually the time it worked out fine because it meant I could go see some finished, I could see some before they started, and I could see some in production. So that's kind of the one of the main reasons we were there, and that's what kind of got our relationship started with that particular manufacturer. I think also, did we not... Have, the reason we got in contact with them, though, was for our hitch brackets. Oh, I forgot about that. They also, yes, they also did make hitch brackets or still do for us. That was the first thing we actually bought for there, now you say that. We, so again, for anybody not familiar with 
what we do, the bit I was saying that you need to drive the log splitting cone, needs a part on the top of it to connect to a digger or connect to an excavator. I don't know if it'll pick it up, uh, I it? don't know if you'll be able to see it. That's a big one here. I don't, you can probably see it in my camera behind me. Small versions of that come in a bunch of different dimensions, a bunch of different sizes. So we decided a year ago now, probably, to mm -hmm. invest fairly heavily for our for our level into a load of stock hitch brackets in different dimensions just to try and let us build and supply complete packages as quick as possible. So we ordered some from China and we ordered some from this f factory in India. So yeah, that did actually start the relationship. Then we went on to the log splitting cones. So by that point, we'd already had one, two deliveries to here, I think, from India. Yeah, I think there was two. I think one arrived literally just before I left. And then when I got there, they were in the middle of making the cones. So yeah, we got to see a couple of things that we'd already bought being made. And so that's what we've done. I'll, I'll skip a wee bit forward, but that's what we've done the first day. Their facility, the least the bits that I was at, split into a machine shop and fabrication shop, if you like, and offices. And these are two separate places. So first we went, after I got there, got a couple of hours sleep because I was there mega early in the morning. I think I got to the hotel at like six, got a few hours sleep, left again at 11, got to the factory and I looked up, the factory was something like 20 kilometres or 20, 15 miles from the hotel to the factory. That took an hour to get there just because... Yeah, 15 miles is not far. Yeah, just because <laughs> the state of the roads, to be honest. Oh Some of it were busy, but once you get out of the city, it wasn't busy, it was just really slow with the roads. All of which was an experience to me and all of which made it a really long first day. But yeah, got there, went to the machine shop and basically seen how our log split cones were being made, how they went from round steel bar and was machined down, machined down and the fittings and everything machined in them and ultimately came out as the finished product. So that was really cool to see, to be honest. And all of this I would love to take you back, so we will go back at some point and we can both see it. Yeah. From I was a bit sort of nervous of you going just because it is somewhere completely mm -hmm. different. Um, and but now after you well, talking about it, the pictures, the videos, and stuff, I think it is pretty cool. Um, so no, we've developed good relationships with them. So mm -hmm. yeah, no, definitely, I'd like to obviously go back and um, not go back. I'd like to go and to see. Go. Yeah. And that's one of the things I would say is like the people could not have been any more helpful. Could not have been any nicer, could not have been any more hospitable. Like, I didn't at any point feel even like a visitor, to be honest. Uh -huh. You were just treated like you were meant to be there, and they put lunch and they put food on every day. And, yeah, so for that point of view, just a thoroughly enjoyable place to visit in general, even without it being a work-related thing. Yes. Um. So, yeah, what do you think after that? So, yeah, that was the first morning we were in the machine shop. But yeah, I would like to take you back and let you see it. Yeah, that would be cool. I'd like to go. Um, yeah, so you're saying, obviously, the first day you went to the machine shop and also, like, the assembly mm -hmm. area. How, from sort of machine practices and things that you've seen here in the UK, what, is there any big differences? Is there similarities? So the main, for anybody that wants to see more by the time this comes out, we should have at least one, maybe two YouTube videos out that will show you around the whole place yeah. and show you the whole process. So if you're watching this in video, we'll link it up here 
somewhere. <laughs> Go and take a look at that um, if you want to see more. But, I mean, they don't do anything revolutionary that, that places in other parts of the world don't do. But what they do do, they do right and they do properly. And for example, their log-splitting cones are, they start off as a big piece of round bar. They then go through several processes in order to machine them down to a cone shape and then put the threads in and put the hole in for the hub and put the bolt pattern and stuff on. And each of these, as I say, they don't, it's not like they have machinery that nobody else in the world has. Mm -hmm. They've seen CNC lathes, vertical machine centres, manual lathes, CNC saws, thread tapping tools, like everything you would expect to see. But just their efficiency and they're really big on creating systems and then putting people in the systems and letting people just go and then get on with their work. Yeah, they connect um, people in the system. <laughs> yeah, and then having somebody overseeing it. So somebody oversees the whole of the engineering shop and that is his responsibility is everybody in there and all the products they make. And then when you get to the bigger facility where they actually do the fabrication, and I think all in all this place has, I think, I, what did I tell you, three, four hundred people? Something like that, There's yeah. a lot of people. Every department in the bigger factory has its own manager as well, if you right. like. So somebody will manage the cutting department, somebody will manage the the bending and the rolling, and then somebody will manage the welding. Which is cool. Uh-huh. Like each person you could speak to, and they were totally open about it as well. I th I thought maybe it was a case of, like, they would maybe only let you show you what the parts they wanted you to see, and that was not the case at all. There was a few hours on the Friday, Friday, I think, yeah, the Friday that I was walking about the factory myself, and I was in about things, and I was seeing things get made and stuff. So, no, really cool, really impressive. And I, as I said, I don't think it's not that you couldn't, that they do anything we don't do here in the UK. I think everything we do in the UK, they do. So I think if you remember what looking at that, where everybody gets yes. hung up on stuff has to be, and this will be a thing. Like if you, if your whole thing is you need to buy products that's made in the UK and you want to support local manufacturing, is, then then go for it. We're not saying that we don't support it. It's just it's just other options and, and things that fit in with our business plan and what we what we have resources to do and achieve and yeah. and produce and stuff. So I just find it sort of fascinating. You're talking about like the bending and things the metal. Like when they start off with that round bar which is just round, obviously, and then you end up with, like, a spiral cone, mm -hmm. the, the, the grooves in it, the holes that have been, like, tapped into it. Like, it's just... I find that fascinating. I find that it's the same with, like, when your grandpa used to take a bit of wood, put it on the lathe, and turn it into mm -hmm. something else. Like, I just always find that very fascinating, taking a raw material and turning it into, into something else. Um, one thing I did notice, though, from your videos, like, a bit different is maybe here we're getting a bit too... I don't know what the word is. I know the word I would like to use, but I don't think it's appropriate. Um, on health and safety, they're not very. There's not much high vis or those sort of protocols. From looking at your videos, uh, not in the way you would, ex not in the way you would expect had you been somewhere in the UK. But I think here sometimes it's a bit overboard. I think quite a lot of the times it's health and safety's sake for health and safety's not health. It's paperwork sake for paperwork sake. And yeah, don't get me wrong, like, they all had boots on, but no, there was no, there was, there was obviously welding protection f for the welders, and they had mm -hmm. suits and heat protection stuff on, but 
the sort of folks craning things about. There was kind of <laughs> there was the hard hat. There was like, I mean, it they was were on top of those bars. Like, oh, yeah, that made me a bit. When you're talking about making stuff, like the 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 fabrication factory was the same. Sheet steel goes in one end, and finished attachments come out the other, and it is pretty much some sounds simple, but it is as simple as that. Really, mm-hmm. it just goes in the far end. Sheet steel goes in, and it goes through all its processes. As I said, they're real big on the system, so everything goes through each individual department, and then it comes out as a finished product at the end. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I don't know if we've actually discussed this before, do you know how long the whole process took for one of our cones to be made, from bar to cone? So it depends on, we have them in three different sizes, a 200, a 250, and a 300ml this obviously takes a little bit longer to machine the bigger ones, but I think from memory, like a two hundred millimeter, is about eight hours of machining from wow. raw steel to completed product, and that is something we are looking to bring down as well. We are going to go to a forging process in there, which excuse my ignorance or a little bit on how it works, but it basically heats the steel up, presses it in a press to get it to the rough shape. Then we'll machine it from there, which will cut out a bunch of machining time. Because if you imagine we're taking this microphone, but we want to turn it into a cone, the amount of material that has to come off of that... Yeah, it's quite a lot. That you're, you're stripping a lot of material off and when you're starting with a round shell or a cylinder shape, trying to take it to a cone. Mm-hmm. Um, so in our next... Not the, not the shipment we've got coming, not the one after that. The one after that will be done that in that way. Okay. Um, just again to try and bring down a bit of cost to yep. be honest mm-hmm. um, did you see anything there that like was getting made that was kind of cool they do I mean they're so their whole thing is they're pretty much contract manufacturers they they don't make their own product they don't sell their own brand they make things for everybody else to be honest so whatever you within reason could dream up that was made out of sheet steel or machine components they can more or less make for you so they had some cool things going through and some different ideas for stuff and again it is just then what our imagination can come up with and what resources we've got to try and make the most of that and that's mm-hmm. kind of where we I'll have to benefit from using outsourced manufacturing like that obviously there's only there's not only one reason there's one big reason we are buying or looking to get stuff made 5,000 miles away is ultimately because of their capabilities, their output and their quality and their price. Some of them were just, with our resources, we just couldn't do, mm. we couldn't get somebody locally and we, we couldn't tool ourselves up to do it. We just wouldn't have the resources or the investment to be able to do that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of that's the reasons we're looking at where we're looking at. And I think their capabilities scale up with what we're trying to do as well. Mm-hmm. Probably people listen to this. I'm not seeing everybody or even anyone in India. YouTube um, videos and things come out. And you have been good on your TikToks and things, been upfront as to say, like, the way we are going to India for these things. And there is people that, oh, well, I only buy British and all the rest. Well, and that's absolutely fine. And there's things that we obviously buy personally and things that is British and we support, obviously support. But... There'll be some people that'll be like, oh, it's only because of the price. It's not all to do with the price. It's not. Like, and it, people, oh, you're just, you're just, you're taking the work away from here. But it's not. There, there is other factors, and we've had experience of that. That 
some companies in the UK cannot provide the level of standard or support no, that and I, India has offered us. Yeah, and I, I don't, I'm not particularly bothered personally what country we buy from, as long as the product's good, the backup to us is good, yes. the price point's right, ultimately lets us pass it on at the right price point. Like there's a lot more factors to me than just where it's made. But again, like I believe in being upfront with people, I don't, maybe it's fine in the short term to just pretend or like pass off where your, your, your products are made, but I believe in just being upfront with people. I think in the long term that wins and long term people can trust you more if you just... And again, if it's not for them, they don't want to buy... Then that's fine. ...products that's made abroad, then then we're probably not the folks for them. But yeah. we're sitting in a warehouse full of attachments made in a bunch of different countries around the world. Which is and exciting, I think, too, because then, mm-hmm. like, the connections that we've made with people from all over the world... We had someone actually in here yesterday that was from Italy. Like, that's kind of cool. And what was... Well, I mean, my quote... And so we have an article coming out in Project Plant, which is a... Did we decide it was quarterly? It's quarterly, yeah. As a yeah. sort of quarterly industry, construction industry, plant hire magazine. Um, where Laura and I are both in it this month. It's an attachment special, if you like. Um, so we've got a couple of pages in that. And when I spoke to the reporter, and I, j- to be honest, I don't remember explicitly saying it, but it, it must just be something I've came across. I've, I'm that used to saying now that that's just what I told him is that for us to want to work with a manufacturer and take on a product, like first the product has to be good, then everything else has to has to follow that. If the product's no good, you're you're on to a bad start to begin with. And I I don't believe of anything in here that's not good to begin with. We we, we certainly won't have the cheapest product, and it's never always about that for us. But it's about starting with a good product and then bringing our value to it. And I think that's what ultimately when we're talking about starting our own brand, which this is kind of what the discussion we're having yeah. is, <clears throat> is finding a partner or multiple partners even that can still allow us to, to one, start with a good product and then want to innovate and iterate and, and try and build that up with us as well. Yeah. Um, you've sort of sold my thunder a little bit there by, m- <laughs> by mentioning... I haven't seen the, the day's that, questions no, either, so. The last time I gave William questions, he basically answered all the questions within like the first seven minutes and I thought oh he's not getting to see them again because he'll, he'll have pre-empted them all nah, I think I actually do prefer this yes I think so too um, so obviously we've just said you're over there looking at the process of the log splitter manufacturing yes but you were also over there to have a look at the bucket prototypes yeah so I don't think we talked about this the last time we were on um, so we, no. it's been a long-term idea of mine to try and start our own attachment brand alongside what we do. I think long-term, I can talk about the reasons why we can do that in a future episode, but long-term, I think it's the right strategy for us. So within that, obviously, the, the log-splitting product was kind of our, our first one, if you like. Um, and then it was looking to do what other products could we do and what could we bring in to, to complement what we do already. So we've done, again, for anybody watching this that wants to go take a look at our TikTok, we will also do a full-length YouTube fully on the process, but we've been back and forward with it for ages, couldn't really make any decisions, and we're like, well, let's just, we're starting to build up a bit yeah. of an audience on TikTok and stuff, so... We spoke just about went, it for a while. Oh, for ages, and it's always been something yeah. we've kind of spoke about it doing. 
So we just went and asked the audience on TikTok, to be honest, for, and I went through it in pardon me, I went through it in parts and we done, in fact, we, did we talk, I can't remember if we talked about this in episode one, so apologies if we're covering old ground. I don't, but done, I don't think we went into any sort of detail, I think we were just, we're thinking about it, but I think we did say also at the time that we would do a, probably a full pod mm. on on it. So we've done like we've done name, logo, colours. Yeah, the names a bit of And we just uh, <laughs> we just took feedback from commenters and people that follow us on there. And basically by the time I got to India to, to cut a long story a little bit shorter, we had already ordered some to be honest, not even samples, a twenty foot container full of skid steer attachments with our own brand with the attach works. So attach works was the name that we came up with with our own brand on them and to our design. So that was an added bonus of just the time. And that only just kind of happened to be there at that time. But as to see them, I actually seen them pretty much the whole way through. I seen them in component form and then I seen them welded and I seen them painted and finished. And so that was really cool, to be honest. As I said earlier on, like, I, th- I find it fascinating. My background is obviously in design. And I used to obviously come up with my idea and then make the pattern for it, then I'd sew it and then I'd learn how to market it, all that sort of stuff. Um, so seeing even like this, which like the buckets, like the whole, just the whole process is pretty cool from like, we're obviously not completely there yet as such, but the idea, the whole design process, getting everybody involved in TikTok and then to now having like the sort of prototype made up and seeing that is, is pretty cool. I think so. And that's kind of, again, just a bit, our whole philosophy, if you like, running about it, was just about being up front with people. And mm-hmm. ultimately, had positive if, feedback. Ultimately, if we want people, which is all, at the end of the day, it's about people have to then want to buy the product yes. and buy the attachments. I didn't see a whole lot of downside in just being completely up front and taking their feedback on, on the name and on... The, the colour scheme and on the branding and on the types of products and then about the materials and, and ultimately try to get them to buy into the process and, and not everybody will have seen it and but it also would be cool if hopefully we can get this to where we're hoping to get it to Stephen to look back on in the future of Are we done that, that we've kind of documented the whole process start to finish um, not even finish we're barely started but in the, the, from the, the very early inception kind of right through which would be it'll be cool yeah um, so we should have, as I say, that container load. Forgive me, I can't remember the dates, but left a good few weeks ago now. So it should be in Denver. Yeah, I, thought- I think the boat maybe gets in this week at long. No, it's Houston, I think. And then it should be in Denver maybe next week, week after. So oh, the last letters going there first. Uh, hey, the, the buckets are going to, uh-huh. to Denver. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Buckets are going with a load of hitch brackets and the first load of log splitting codes. Oh, okay, right, okay. And then we're getting a load here. So it's split shipments? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I wasn't aware of that. Aye. Okay, I thought all the log splitters were coming here. No, because the ones are different, mind. Yeah, that's right. Mm. So yeah, that was really cool. That was cool to see. That was a big part of going, and it's just something I'm not always great at doing, but the, the difference in... Everybody talks about building relationships and business and stuff. And it is different when you go and sit in front of somebody and you see their place and you get to know them and understand them and, and you find out things you would never have found out just by texting or emailing or, or even video calling. It's just yeah. it's just different. 
and it is something again we we do need to be cautious of keeping building up and and just keep trying to work on. Yeah. Um, and it's also sorry, it's also completely mental that we are sitting in our twelve hundred square foot warehouse here, packed, packed out with products, <laughs> granted, but we're also it's also felt like we were taken serious when we we're because that's a completely different level of their facilities. Huge, it's hundreds of people. They're a big, big operation, but to go there and actually be taken seriously and felt like you were valued and you were actually welcome to be there and you weren't being a hassle on their time and they genuinely wanted to work with us and develop what we wanted to develop and as much as we don't have stacks of resources and we don't have stacks of ultimately stacks of cash and money but just our enthusiasm and openness and willingness to work they obviously seen that and seen something and wanted to work with us which was uh-huh. was really cool as well just you're saying that about like not being taken seriously because we are Anybody that's been here, and we've obviously showed you a little bit, we, it is a small space we are mm-hmm. working in, and we are doing our best to <laughs> move things about. But um, they talk about a lot of kind of entrepreneurs and things have this like imposter syndrome. Do you feel that? Like just when you were saying about being taken seriously? Some, sometimes. Sometimes I feel it. Like I got a little bit embarrassed when somebody comes here. We're not really set up or geared up for, for visitors. For visitors. <laughs> I actually don't mind it too much when customers come because they can see that we're trying and we've got a uh-huh. load of stock and yes. a load of product. And I like to think that quite quickly they can see that we know what we're talking about. So I don't I know, see as much when customers come weirdly, but I do. And like I said, that was a, a supplier representative yesterday. I mean, it's I don't know how much it means, but to know even to not like have an office as such or know of somewhere just to give somebody a cup of tea or coffee, yeah. maybe a wee bit like that, but. Aye, maybe just those, aye. I mean, we could take half of the product in here and spend the money on rent and fancy offices and stuff and have nothing to sell. So if that's the if that's a toss-up, I'd rather have... No have, cups of tea. Have no cups of tea and don't have the nice things and have yeah. ultimately products to sell. I know, and, you were just saying about, like, customers can see, I think, well, we had a fella down last week looking at the tree that's actually behind me mm-hmm. um, just now um, last week having seen William on uh, TikTok and speaking about the tree and things on there aye people know what we're about know what you're about know like you're knowledgeable um, so I think they're happy to come down probably like to speak to you to get your knowledge rather than thinking oh this isn't quite nice mm-hmm. in here like that's they're here it. to I see mean, the I product don't, we don't hide who we are when it comes to that either. Like a vast amount of my content is that's fine. A vast amount of my content is me sitting in here where we're sitting now. And again we are where we're at and we'll build up and we'll get to where we want to get to. I mean do I feel that sometimes, but I think our numbers for anybody that ever needs to know that, speak for himself. We know we can we can sell attachments, we know what we can do and, and ultimately customers that we've ever dealt with know that as well. So that's kind of what that really matters for me. But what, do you, what do you think when it comes to, because like when it comes down to product and, and choice of things, that's normally Andrew and I's kind of deal, but what, like, what do you feel about the, not the types of product, but the range of products and where we're trying to add in and what we're trying to do when it comes to our own brand and stuff? Like what's your thoughts? I think, oh, I think, creating your own brand I think is is very exciting like seeing something 
as you're saying, at inception, kind of, we're, as you said, we're not all the way right through yet. We've got the sort of prototypes. So we'll see what they're like when they when they arrive um, to Andrew and see what Andrew thinks of them as well. Um, I think it is, it's only it can only be a good thing. And adding that because obviously we don't really have buckets as such as part of our attachment range. It's it's adding another yeah, element. And we just need to be again. We need to be somewhat careful and anybody that starts a business or runs a small business will know this we need to be careful as I said we don't have unlimited cash reserves so we need to be careful no. at what we put that into well that's the exact same thing you're saying about obviously here like the space we're in just now we need bigger premises we need a bigger oh, sort do. of outdoor space 100% um, but I don't think we should be going somewhere absolutely crazy and have this massive space no which would be great and then You've no money left to fill it. Yeah, one hundred percent. The products to sell, and that's how we'll we would ultimately go out of business. So, mm-hmm. I think starting our own our own brand is is a long term thing for us. It's never going to. I think it's definitely it's a long term plan, a long term play, and hopefully it is the right one. So this is just kind of the first steps in that, and going to India was, a, was just another step in, in building up those relationships and definitely. the people that want to work with us, and again for. They they're big enough and their facilities big enough that they, they didn't have to give me the sort of time of day that they have, so for that I can only be extremely grateful and hope that we can keep up our end of the deal and yes and ultimately just keep placing orders and just keep trying to grow at the same time. So, but it is exciting. It was it was really cool to go and hopefully we'll be there a couple of times next year. Yes, would be, uh-huh. would be excellent as well. Just this is nothing really to do with like the fact you're manufacturing. Did you? Have any interest in cuisine when you were there? Oh, so this was a big thing. <laughs> to be honest, I never... I tried not to think about it much before I went. I was like, just in case uh, you didn't... I got scared about it, but honestly, it was completely fine where we went. The first night was fairly Western. It was, again, in the big tech part of the city, so there was a bunch of different options for, for what to eat. And then, as it turns out, my contact there and the factory owner when we went for dinner on the Friday night are both vegetarian and that is fairly common in that part of India so there was nothing wild as far as I ate there was and I did make a video on this I've sent it to you you've already seen it but as I was saying as you come out the hotel really fancy really nice you come out onto the main street and it's just um rickshaws and bikes and mopeds and cars and traffic and people and then you turn the corner and there was what was the mutton and chicken centre and there was a bunch of caged, caged chickens and a man blowtorching a goat's head for dinner it feels like we should have put a warning on that um, we'll not put the video in here but no. you can imagine what that smelled like so oh. I didn't eat the street food some of it smelled lovely that never but some of it did um, yeah so nothing terribly Terribly wild. I think it would be in bad bad business for the factory if they brought a, a Western visitor and got them sick in the first yeah, day or two. Uh-huh, so no, nah, we weren't. Um, there was a Starbucks up the road and a McDonald's down the road. So oh, so you've been fine. If all else failed, we were fine. <laughs> so yeah, so that was... We've done about 40 minutes there on India. Mm-hmm. I guess it could be just might as well be an episode on its I own. I think so. Think? Um, is there anything else you want to, to add about India? Um... You've obviously said you'd go back, so that's... Oh, that we're take. 100% going back. Yep. Um, no, nothing more on that. We will do a whole episode on just talking about our own brand and stuff. I think it could be a, yeah, I think so. I a think standalone episode on its own. Uh, yeah, before we stray into too much else that's been going on lately, I think we'll 
that's that kind of covers that trip and mm-hmm. unless there's anything else you're, you're how long about, was or? the flight to India? 10 hours for Heathrow from Heathrow mm-hmm. oh. oh we've done that before fine I did stump up for premium economy which does make it a little bit nicer and oh, nobody sat in the seat next to me which made it even nicer oh. granted it wasn't quite as nice on the way back I was in the middle row with somebody next to either side why does this always happen when you go though? I think you just think that's the case. Mm. Um, so yeah, hopefully that's been an insight for anybody listening. And uh-huh. if there is anything that we can discuss about that in future oh, episodes, then if folk let us know or leave us a comment or if they're watching this on YouTube, we hope the it wind noise be hasn't been too bad. Um, uh, yeah, please like hit us a subscribe and uh-huh. let us know what you think and Hopefully the next time we go, we've actually got somebody that can look after the place and pack orders. Well, that would be the next thing above more space. If we can somebody look after the place, we both can go. We can make Because that is quite, yeah. That's that'll be the next pressing thing we can cover <laughs> in another episode. And hopefully we can go and make some even better content. Yeah. I was trying to make content while we were there. And as I say, there will be some videos coming out of it. But I was also conscious that I was there for the business purpose and I didn't know them that well and they'd never met me. So I was kind of trying to toe the line between messing about, for want of a better word, uh-huh. trying to make content and videos and actually there for the business reasons that we were there for. So, yeah, hopefully we'll be back. Well, we will be back soon and we'll obviously document it and take take the folks with us as well. Uh, but you're saying like messing about and things like that. I don't think you, I don't think you did like from like your videos and stuff. It was, it was good. I'm conscious of saying like all the time. Uh, the videos showed the whole process and just yeah, it's just I'm, a fascinating insight to see I didn't know before I went obviously we were there to as we say make the connections and meet the people yep. and see the place and stuff but I didn't know what it would have been like for making any sort of videos or content when I was there because I'd never seen the place mm-hmm. so I think what we what we got all things considered was good and I got there I was like oh, I think we can make some some videos that just shows people at least the process. Uh-huh, yeah. And then now I know for next time we go back, maybe we can up that side of it, maybe spend a bit more time, if we, especially if the two of us go actually in the place and going through each individual section mm-hmm. and stuff. So there is more to come there, which would be really cool to do as well. This is just a random... Assuming that they're on board and happy with doing that also. I'm pretty sure they will be. Um, this is a random one. See all the metal that's, like, mm-hmm. been... I don't know what the tech, like the proper name for it is, but with all any sort of waste or anything, what happens to that? Does it get melted back down? I would imagine it gets like recycled. It recycled and I actually never asked that question, but there will be yeah, because yeah. when you start with big sheets of steel and cut your parts out, there's all the bits that's left from inside. Yes. I assume so. I don't see why it wouldn't be. But I actually never asked that, to be honest. Anything else to say about India or...? Probably. Uh-huh. We'll probably dip into it back and forth, but definitely... We will do another episode on attach works and the attachments and how that's all going. Yep. I think definitely we'll do one of them. And maybe talk a little bit about the trade stands as well. Mm-hmm. We were at the ploughing championships. Oh, so you might do we'll do that for the next one then, will we? We'll do the ploughing. We'll yep. do one on it. Uh-huh. Cool. Um so yeah. So no, thank you for listening and watching, hopefully. As as William's already said as well, if there is if you do have any questions or you want to know more like, please just leave us a comment or a message and you'll get us on all social media channels. We are... Somebody atta- asked me this the other day and <laughs> I had the, the If you look down, for the attachment company, you'll either find ourselves or you'll find the attachment company USA. But we're all one of the same. So 
um, drop us a message and one of us will definitely get back to you. Thanks for listening. Sounds good. Yep. Thank Cheers. you again. Cheers. Thank you.